You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. And today we have a special show lined up for you guys. We'll be discussing the NIL name, image, and likeness, and how that kind of changed the landscape of college football. We'll also be talking about USC. They fired their coach, bringing a new guy. What guys should they be looking towards? And then the third topic, Micah Parsons, Dallas Cowboy. Is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? We're going to get into all that and more. So stay tuned. Let's get it. What is good, football fans? Glad that you guys are back with us. This is our second day. We're going to have some fun here. Talk about a lot of different aspects of what goes into the NFL draft, not just from the scouting perspective, but from the NFL perspective, from GMs around the league, what it's like to be a player agent, all these aspects we're going to cover. I'm Ryan Tracy. I'm the founder of Rogue Analytics. You can find the athletic matrix out there. And I actually do a lot of work on projecting athleticism at the next level on some of these college guys. And it's a lot of fun. Eric and I are going to go back and forth. I'm pretty sure on a lot of these topics. Uh, definitely. And I'm Eric Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter is where you can find me at Ryan Tracy NFL is where you can find my co-host Ryan and man got a jam-packed show lined up for everybody today. And we're starting off with the NIL name, image and likeness. And this was the thing a lot of people were scared of college football players making money. They've been fighting for this for a long time. I wish I would have been in. Uh, not sure I would have made too much money playing at a division two school, but how do you think that changes how some of these college athletes view going to picking their schools? Are they going to go to the bigger school where there's just more polarizing and love for the prospects as opposed to going and staying maybe on the West Coast where football isn't as important? What was your initial thoughts when this whole thing came out? That's a tough one. I, I agree with you. Like, There's less audience, I think, West Coast, and, and I actually – went to high school and played out there and stuff. So I, I understand that aspect of it, right? And I know you do too. But I'll tell you this, like the, the fervency for those schools, I think is is just as big. And quite frankly, if you're a big face at a big school out West, you don't have quite the competition for NIL that you might have at some of the big SEC schools, et cetera, right? Like I think that might make it more attractive in some ways. But the bigger question for me is, you have these high school kids basically now starting to determine their future based on what kind of money can they make in college. Like for me, being somebody whose end goal is to put together the best NFL roster that I can, I'm right. going, okay, I want these guys to sell out. I want these guys to put all their effort into being a college player and continue to develop. I don't want to see them turn it into the end goal of getting paid as a college yeah. guy. I want them to get all the way here. Are you worried about that? The, the, you don't want them to focus so much on the business side of things just yet, right? Like go to college, have the college experience, and then, you know, potentially go to the NFL. I think from a selfish standpoint, like I, I agree with that. But then like me playing, I want to be able to make some money. And I, mm -hmm. I understand what it's like to be a struggling college student. And you hear about some of these stories of how these guys are living. You know, I, I've been a part of going to a Division two school where I was fine, but I was kind of broke. I had to depend on sometimes girls bringing me lunch and, and, and dinner and things like that, eating McDonald's, really eating like crap, not really taking care of my body. And I think even at these bigger colleges, they're going through some of those same things. And we look at it like, oh, well, you're going to Alabama. You have the best thing. Yeah, they have the best facilities. Yeah, they can go in there and get all kind of 
Nutri-Grain bars and Gatorades and things like that. But as far as their meal plan and things like that, when they leave that campus, a lot of these guys are struggling. And we saw some years back when Terrell Pryor was Mm -hmm. coming out of Ohio State. And those guys were pawning off their rings for money to do different things. So I think the NIL will definitely help some of these guys with not having to make these decisions that can really jeopardize their future. And I believe, gosh, what, what guy was it? But one of these guys kind of gave a lot of his money back to his team and sets mm-hmm. guys up for them to be able to make money. So I like it from the standpoint of these guys not having to go through extreme measures to be able to support themselves. I just wonder, is that going to change how some of these guys pick their colleges? Am I, because mm-hmm. I live in the South. You see all this Arkansas Razor st- back stuff behind me. They care about the Razorbacks here. They like Razorbacks. There, there's no NFL team in Arkansas. Like the Razorbacks are their NFL teams. They can tell you everything about that team, every player, every recruit. It's not like that in California where I'm from. So right. our teams, our athletes, going to choose to go to some of these schools, and we've seen that, right? Look at the landscape of college football right now. Clemson quarterback from California. Ole Miss yep. quarterback from California. Georgia quarterback from California. Alabama quarterback. From California, I don't think there's a coincidence with that. No, I, I don't think so either. And, and I'll tell you this too. Maybe you're right that it's it's a better situation there, but I hope to see some of the things you were talking about. If guys are going to make that money early, maybe they don't have to go through those years where their nutrition sucks or they're not getting enough treatment. You know what I mean? Like think of all the things that pro players get to do because they have a money base that helps them with their restoration, helps them with recovery, helps them avoid long-term injuries. Like, I hope we see some of that trickle down. I don't need to see hyperbaric chambers and all that stuff, but, you know, you get a Theragun or something for at home, right? Like, you have a little bit of money to spend that you can help you further your career at this level and the next. So, I mean, this is going to be a topic that I think people are talking about for the next few years, and uh, definitely curious to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I am too. And you know what? If you got a little bit of money around, you might as well use it someplace that you guys enjoy. And betonline.ag is a good way to do that. You can get your action, whether it's the NFL or college. All the props, odds, bets, contests, everything that you need for everything football betting is over at betonline.ag. And when you go over there, get signed up. If you use the code NFL100, you get a 100% welcome bonus. That's 100% on top of what you put in there. Yes, there are other sports. I know you can bet on them. Just don't bother. Stick to football. That's what I do. Our promo code is locked on. If you would use that, that helps us out. Over at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can save some money on with as well. And GetUpside is one of these. It's, a, it's an app that you can download and you get 25 cents off every gallon that you put in your car, truck, or anywhere that you go. And we all got places to go. So everybody can use this. The promo code is touchdown on that one. You can get it on the Apple store or the Google Play store. You download that and you start making cash back and all the gas that you have to burn to get around your life. Get to the game. Get to tailgate. I hope so. Make sure you check that out. It's get upside on any of the app stores. And our promo code is touchdown. That brings us, folks, to number two. And I kind of teased it yesterday. I, I I shouldn't probably sang it much, but it is what it is. We're going to talk about USC and Everything that's going on there as a a West Coast primetime school that is in the spotlight and this has a lot of turmoil right now. And I want to start. I know the coach thing is the bigger thing, but I want to start, Eric. What do you think about the performance of Jackson Dart? What does it mean and what should happen with this QB situation? 
Oh, yeah, it, it might be bad for Slovis. You know, when you have a guy that comes in and he's this, you know, polarizing prospect at the quarterback position in Jackson Dart and him being able to, you know, utilize all the weapons and really have an explosive game for USC. It started off a little slow, but it picked up, and you just see the potential that's there. I think that's really trouble for Slovis, who people are looking – to, you know, Keaton Slovis to have a big year, to potentially be a top 10, top 25 NFL draft pick. And right now, he's not trending in that direction. Matter of fact, he's looking more like somebody who potentially might have to transfer from USC because he may not get his job back, Ryan. Yeah, Slovis got Slovis kind of, right? Like, this is something that's repeating <laughs> in reverse, right? It's interesting that that's the situation now. And and kudos to Dart because I thought he looked really natural. I think he's got some things he's got to work on. Like, I'm no QB guru, but the delivery's a little bit interesting sometimes. But just the natural ability to walk in and take that big kind of show over, I really like that. The question that I, like, go over and over, if it hadn't been a coaching change, does that change get made that quick? And honestly, if it's not a new coach, an interim coach right now, who I think is doing a heck of a job, does the freshman get that job? Like, how does this lack of, of direction or questionable direction here at the top of the team affect the quarterback decision? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. And sometimes when and you look at situations like in the NFL, you got Nagy, right? And he wants to go with Andy Dalton because that's the safer guy, right? He knows a little bit more of what he's going to get from him. Mm -hmm. But when you have an interim coach come in, it's like, look, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to see what this young guy has. And, you know, Slovis off to a slow start, got their butts kicked by Stanford, just can't happen. Let that coach go. And they say, you know what, let's start going in a different direction here. And we're going to play the young guy. We're going to see what he has. And the way college football goes right now, if you have a young guy that's coming in and he's able to play as a freshman and play well and show you something, I think that really helps even, you know, with recruits to come to know that we have a guy at quarterback that can play at a high level. So I don't know if this change would have happened if not for the coaching change, but I think they kind of stumbled onto something good right now. If you are an interim head coach and it's your decision to make, knowing that you don't know what your future is with this program, is it best for the program to go with the young gun and let him grow into it? Or is it better for the program to have the steadier hand that maybe not might not be as explosive? Well, if you look back, even at the Sam Darnold situation, right? It was something similar. I mean, he was a redshirt freshman. He came in. Now, he came in because of injury. But right away, you just saw a difference in, in the play of, uh, you know, USC. And the receivers started to be more explosive. And, and Juju Smith-Schuster and Rodgers that they had there. And it's like, you know what? We can build around this young guy. Now, I did think they did a kind of crappy job of building around Sam Darnold. The offensive line eventually kind of fell part I think in his last year there that his buddy uh, Deontay Burnett but just to see kind of what he brought to USC and that spark in that long run and to beat Penn State in the Rose Bowl Justin Jackson Dark excuse me he kind of might have some of that potential so, so I, I think again you look at and that spark that you weren't getting from Slovis and I think that's where he helps most okay so they're not, he's not the only prospect at USC, right? And Cardinal fans, I know you're screaming out there. Yes, we know you earned that win and it's okay. We, we're here for you too. But there's, and it's not music related, but we got, we got to talk about Drake and Drake 
because these two guys at SC, the, the another two prospects that I think really stood out. My question to you is, A, did either of them surprise you? And B, who do you have that's the better prospect looking NFL ready right now? Well, I think most people write, you have a big athletic defensive end, uh, defensive lineman like Jackson on that, on that line. You're probably going to go with him. But I also, I mean, I want to give Drake London his flowers as well because Drake London, I mean, man, he, he he's a guy I've been watching, and I don't know if it's because of the number or whatever the case is, but I just can't help but see Mike Evans. He looks like that type of player, you know? I mean, he's, he, he has that type of – I don't know if he has, like, the high-end speed. And when I say high-end, because uh, Mike Evans, he was a, he's 6'5", 235 pounds or whatever he was coming out. Wasn't the fastest guy. He ran in the four fives, but he played at a much faster speed, and we saw him consistently get on top of – defenders drake london man he he brings this just this physicality big body the basketball background and there's just a lot of comp to mike evans will he be a you know a top pick i don't know but he chose football over basketball so this is a guy that's taking football extremely serious and you know started off as a two-sport athlete at usc now putting all of his focus into football i don't know if he's the better prospect than jackson but i know i there's definitely a lot of things i like about him yeah, I go back and forth. I want to see a little bit more uh, of the fruition of Jackson. There's a lot of upside there. I want to see it come out on the field a little bit more. But I think London like helped himself this week, and I thought he was already probably a, a first-round prospect in, in the making. But it goes back to that quarterback, and if they develop a connection that they clearly started with pretty hot, this could be something that turns around. We might be watching him for a long time. And if we are watching him on Sundays, I bet you I know where I'll do it because I have one login over here for movies. I have another thing on the iPad for something else, and it's all scattered. So what I do to like help myself and find everything is put it all together into one thing, only one remote, only one aspect, and it's called DirecTV Stream. It combines all your streaming stuff, all your satellite stuff all together, and you don't have to go digging in the couch for the remotes because that's usually where I lose them. But the best thing about it, there's no annual contract and puts all of your entertainment, sports, and movie watching together in one thing. Get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get it all with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. A compatible device is required, and content does vary by package. And packages is exactly what you need when you're going to get some of these guys. Because I got to tell you, I don't get the built bars that come to my house. Most of the time, whether it's this grasshopper one, whether it's the brownie chunk thing, these are all like 130, 150 calories. They got 17 grams of protein. They're low on everything you don't want, and my kids steal them constantly. So I got a little stash down here in the studio so that they don't go walking away. You guys want to check it out because Bill Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market, hands down. There's no way about to go wrong with it. So check out their offer over at Built.com. Use our promo code that's locked on. Sorry, that's locked 15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use that promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. So, Ryan, real quick, before we get on to Michael Parsons, I know all these Cowboy fans, they want to hear about, and, and maybe Penn State fans as well, they want to hear about that. Is he a linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? But we didn't get to the USC coaching change, you know, and what is USC looking for? I mean, we're talking about, I mean, the most prestigious school on the West Coast. And right now they're not representing that. What is it going to take for them to hire a guy? I mean, I've heard certain names be kind of thrown out there. A couple names that are like, I don't know, I want to get your opinion on it, but Deion Sanders, real quick, do you think that there's any <laughs> chance 
Deion Sanders I, is a guy that ends up getting offered that job. I, I think there's more chance that Deion's at FSU rather than USC. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I'm not fair. And then Chris Peterson. I mean, he's a guy who understands the West Coast, recruited extremely well at not just Boise State and had his success there, but also Washington before leaving. Any chance you think that's a guy that they're trying to get on the phone and see if he'll come back to college football? You know, I, I wish I knew some of the people at USC because I would think that'd be attractive to me as somebody trying to, to boost a program. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody that I know say that that's on the cards, but we'll find out, right? And it's funny because there's a lot of names in the NFL coming down there too. One of them is Eric Bieniemy, and I can tell you because I, I cover that team quite a bit. I don't think you're going to see Eric Bieniemy at, at USC. He might enjoy the aspect of it, but I think he's got future head coaching possibilities in the NFL. So my question to you, Mr. Eric Crocker, I'll put you on the spot. I'm leaning towards Dante Williams. I think he's doing a good job so far. I know it's only been a short time, but why not? Limited coaching. I mean, and we've seen that, especially like for a prestigious or a program like USC. I think they're going to want to go with a guy with like a big name that maybe has had a lot of success at another program for like multiple years. And I know I threw out Deion Sanders, but that was just because I saw his name kind of float around. But right. USC, man, I think they're going to go with somebody just really established. That seems like what their track record has been. Do you, do you have an odds-on favorite, or who would you like to see get the job? Definitely Chris Peterson. Yeah, yeah. He's just know, he knows the West Coast, knows how to recruit there, has played in the Pac-12, has that experience there, has, you know, had success even at a Boise State, made them kind of like a West Coast powerhouse. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the guy. If I'm, if I'm a USC fan, that's who I want. I get you. Okay, so from Smurfs turf to Navy blue in a couple of different ways, Micah Parsons – when I did his eval and watched his film last year, some of my notes were pretty straightforward that he's all downhill, turn him loose forward. He can do okay doing drops, trying to get in the right place, but I don't like him like that because I think he's dominant when he's playing from a stance forward. And that certainly seems to be what's going on in Dallas. What do you think he's done? Are you How surprised are you so far with Micah Parsons? Man, well, in the first game, you see him flying all over the place, and you see maybe some – Elements of, you know, being a rookie, getting spun around off play action and things like that. But to see just even from week one, and I mean, it started, you saw him in on hard knocks and the want to and his just the intelligence and everything that kind of jumped out and probably all the reasons why they drafted him. Aside from the athletic ability, then you see how he's kind of progressed early on already in the NFL, you know, whether it's him at linebacker and how he's flying around there coming off of the edge as a pass rusher. I think he's been tremendous. He's he's changing the game at multiple levels. And I, I have some buddies of mine and my brother, he's a Cowboy fan. They're talking about potentially an all-pro type guy. I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'm definitely intrigued with where he's headed right now, especially given his athletic profile. I don't know if he's going to be an all-pro. I'm not going to project that either. I'm kind of with you. I, I need to see a little bit more. But I'll tell you this. He's off to an all-pro start. I'll give him that much because – playing two roles in two weeks at the professional level is a, a feat that not many people can do. And I, I'm really intrigued with, can you make him a full-time pass rusher? I'm not sure that that's the best thing for him. I think using his athleticism in multiple ways, kind of like he reminds me in terms of usage, like, like Dante Hightower, how you can move him around and send him and ask him to do multiple things. Like that's how I would run it. What do you think? The pass rusher, that, that aspect of it is just so valuable 
And he looks so natural doing it. I mean, that was something I wasn't really expecting to see, especially at the NFL level. You see some of it at the college level. And you're thinking, well, maybe, you know, some of these Big Ten tackles, they're struggling with the speed of it or whatever. But, oh, he won't be able to do that in the NFL. Then now you see him in the NFL. And, I mean, the way he's moving with the pass rush moves and he's kind of marrying the hands with everything and kind of getting the quarterback. I don't know about him being a full-time rusher. I, I actually think that there's probably more value having him as a, you know, off-ball linebacker early on and then the edge rusher uh, type guy in passing situations. I think that's kind of polarizing to me in the way that they can utilize that. But the ability, I mean, it, it is big time. And it's it's even more than what I was expecting. Now, anytime you have a guy who's drafted, what was he drafted, what, 11th overall or 12th, or wherever it was in that range, talking about a really good prospect. And obviously, again, he had the athletic profile to kind of back that up. But – to see how it's playing out early on in his NFL career, I think if you're a Cowboy fan, man, you're extremely excited. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I'm excited and I'm not a Cowboy fan. So how's that, Dallas? Uh, <laughs> as we get going, we're going to have more for you. We have a guest coming this week. We're going to have some recurring guests coming on the show. So make sure that you guys are ready for it. And check out Locked on Bets if you want to lay any of that action on any of these teams that we've talked about or any of the prospects as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun, folks. I hope that you enjoy today. We'll have a ton more for you tomorrow. We'll start getting ready for this coming weekend in college football. Some prospects that are going to be on the television for you. We hope that you have a good one. Thank you, Mr. Eric Crocker. I'm Ryan Tracy. We will talk to you tomorrow.